Running Sentences presents The Drawn Out Fight Part 9 Brotherly Frustrations Dealing with Doc Cole isn't easy, but it leads vast to the one thing he's been after for a while. This is a work of fiction. It is inspired by the manga Tree Gut. There are several similarities between the two, but I have made a lot of differences as well. If you wish to classify this as fan fiction, that might be what it's best named as. Story written and narrated by Michael Honory. Copyright 2022. Michael Honory. All rights reserved. The explosion from his gun caught Vass off guard. He'd been hoping it would be a delayed misfire, but this one felt like it had an extra long time to go off. He failed to pay much attention to where the bullet was going as it just went, and he was blinded by the flash. Ah, what the hell? You and your brother are cursed individuals. Your damned gun shouldn't have been able to do anything. That's on you, sir. Never assume things are harmless because you've done something to it. Doc Cole was stumbling about holding his wounded hand that now had a neat hole in the palm of it. Blood was coming from it, which made Vass wonder if this man wasn't in fact a doll. He figured he was, but this might not be the case. He'd never seen a doll bleed before, but it wasn't beyond possible for it to happen. But still, it seemed unlikely. Doing all of this to see your brother who doesn't care about you. Have you gone mad? Sure, I'm mad and he's the one trying to kill everyone for living and breathing. Perhaps you need to examine your mind a little more for what is and isn't madness. This isn't what I meant. You're mad because you contain some special magical power over humanity. How else could you survive for years on end? And the rebuilding of society on this godforsaken planet, hmm? Any answer, weird man? Vass was slowly approaching the man, keeping his eyes on him while trying to clear the icy fragments from his gun. It might have been easier to reach for his other pistol. He, however, held off on that, not wanting to show his hand too soon. This, despite knowing all too well that Doc would already know, he carried two pistols. I am human, I don't know why I am still alive after decades of looking like the same person, or why my wounds over the years of fighting for society and trying to help it escape my brother have healed. Well, you're an abomination then. There is no other way of describing it. What would that make you then? You who can control temperatures. Aren't you as much of a beast as I am for not knowing things? The doc straightened up so he was standing up to his full height, holding out his other hand, which had been soaked in blood, trying to stop the damage. Water and blood mingled together as the room returned to its state of coldness. Your brother did this to me, experimented on me, made me who I am. Now I must bow to his whims or he will take it all away. Vass stopped where he was. You chose to do that. It was always within your power to stop and do something else. You didn't want to die, so you kept charade up, saying it was somebody else's fault. 
that you had to listen to my brother. You could have listened to yourself. No. The approach by Doc Cold continued as Vass leveled his gun to make sure the man understood he was in danger. It didn't stop the Doc, though, and Vass was a little bit worried he would have to shoot again. Blood and death were never good things to inflict on anyone. Deny it all you want, this is the life you have led. My brother used you and your own fear against you of death. Now either it ends here, or you help me get to my brother. Death if I choose either way. Well, potentially, yes, or maybe you survived a lot of this. Take a chance to make the world a better place. No, there is only death that awaits me. I don't get to choose. Vass fired his gun, hitting the hand that Doc was holding out. Death doesn't come easy if you run away. I will not let you get away without telling me something, anything about my brother and where he might be. Give me something and you can freeze yourself to death if you so wish. But if you don't want someone else suffering your same fate that you now deal with, then you might want to tell me where I might find some information. Doc Hold, however, seemed to have frozen in place, an odd smile crossing his face as things went numbingly cold. A silence followed, and Vass wanted to spit to the side as the coldness of the room subsided. There would be no answers from this one. Froze yourself so you wouldn't have to face what you'd done over the years. A chance to make something better, and you chose this. Vass shook his head and pushed towards the doorway that Doc Cold had come out of. The hotel room he came into was still frozen and cold, with everything having a thin layer of ice to it. The figures of two big guards were frozen in place, ice blocks all around them. They were visible, though, with clear ice, but there would be no moving for either of them. He stepped further and careful of the icy floor to see the bed, a rather large one with two figures on it. There was an open suitcase at the foot of the bed, and a frozen look of surprise plastered on the man and woman's face. Ah, forgive me for the intrusion. I was hoping not to discover you like this. Not that you can respond or anything of that nature. I'm going to assume that you're Governor Perky and that you've been frozen to death. He said it mostly to break the silence and because not speaking felt wrong. It felt like he needed to introduce himself despite the dead air in the space. Vast even bowed his head for a moment to respect the people who had died in here. This also allowed him to seeing a pair of pants on the floor. A quick dig through them found a wallet which had an ID for one Perky Taylor, governor of the Reaches, in this area. Confirmed that this was the one he wanted to talk to was now dead, Vass retreated back, taking in one last look to make sure that there was nothing else wrong or off about it. It felt off, but he couldn't see what was bothering him, and so he left. A step out into the hallway made things feel a bit warmer, but only by a touch. Vast looked over the quiet space, hoping that Doc Cold hadn't frozen everyone on this level, and that's why it felt this way. He stepped over to the man and began searching his pockets for anything that might help him. 
A few pieces of paper here and there were put roughly back where they'd been found after he'd looked through them and decided they were not useful. His search was not in vain, as he found a folded-up piece of paper that came out of an interior pocket. He unfolded it to reveal a map. Streets and buildings, but no names, and an odd arrow pointing to one building, the side of it. No directions whatsoever on this sheet of paper. Great. He looked up at Doc Cole, who was still frozen in place and wasn't moving. An answer wasn't expected, but it would have been a great help to at least know something about this map, and wasn't going to get one answer out of this, was he? I will have to take this then, I guess, Mr. Cold. And if it leads me to my brother, I guess I owe you a thank you after all. Since you may not have brought me to him, but you brought me to him. The map was carefully folded back up and placed into Vass's jacket. Goodbye, Mr. Cold. It has not been a good time knowing you. I would wish peace on you, but I don't know if you deserve it or not. I certainly do not, and I have been trying to get rid of this world of madness that my brother is trying to create for some time now. There was a moment of silence as Vass began walking away, yawning. The need for sleep was catching up to him, but he was putting that aside. His first priority was in fact finding his friends again. Not knowing where his friends might be and how he could potentially get to them, Vass made his way back to the town hall and sat down on the stairs, exhausted. He could barely keep his eyes open at all, and the mayhem of people around him going about their day certainly had a hypnotic rhythm that would lend itself to sleep. But the chaos of people ran here and there, with the news of the day and the death of the governor and his wife, was spreading wildly and was all around in a buzz of activity. It did not lend itself to sleep that well. It did not help sleep come to him at all, which he was kind of grateful for. The stairs up and down the town hall had much activity, and it seemed there was never a moment just to sit there. Vass kept his eyes on the whole thing even as he blinked away, tiredness, and fearing that at some point he saw the alien-like figure of his brother moving about the crowd. The gangly figure with red blonde hair was there with his harsh eyes that never sat right on his face. It was disturbing that he could see him and then he was gone. He see him in another spot and then he was gone again. He was definitely there but he couldn't place him there, and, he, and by the time he spotted him again, he couldn't get up because he was gone again. Vass, there you are. Mary's voice brought him away from his probing looks to see if he could find what he should not. He looked to his right to see her and Ori approaching. They were both looking around, rather concerned. Hello. You look like hell. They both stopped in front of him, and he pulled out the paper from his pocket, offering it to Ori, who took it, but didn't open it. What happened to you? Oh, the usual. Found some stuff, saw some death, and tried to get to my brother with only a small piece of evidence as a result. Ori opened the map and looked it over, as Mary leaned in and looked on as well. They took in what was drawn on him before Ori handed it over to Mary, so that she too could get a better look at it. Any idea what that is? 
directions to somewhere important or somewhere that is a dead end. I do not know, Ori. I do not know. How did you get this? Well, Mary, it's rather annoying, but I ran into Doc Cold in the hotel. The two ladies fell silent and looked rather ashen at the news. They had apparently heard what had happened and the fact that Doc Cold had been found frozen in the hallway. I was there after most of the work had been done by that man. Cold froze himself before I could convince him not to do so. That map was on him when I searched him for some help in finding my brother. Uh, Ori, can you find, or can you find out where that is, or where that might be on a map? I know you like tracking things. It might be a bit difficult to track down, since it is such a vague map. Ori took the map back from Mary and looked it over again. Okay, well, we shouldn't stay here where the world can hear you and your babblings about death. Ori, you think on that map while we help this lug get back to his hotel. While we help this lug get to a hotel room. Because he looks like he needs a lot of sleep. Mary began helping him, but she did not resist. Um, one more thing. Keep your eyes out for a long, gangly figure of a man with odd eyes and reddish blonde hair. I keep seeing him, and I fear it's my brother coming to haunt me. They both heard him, and they both threw hurried looks about the place. It didn't last long as they grabbed a hold of him, so they could hurry him away, the busy street providing no evidence of this so-called man, and they were all soon concentrated on just getting out of there instead of looking for potentially rapier. They found a small spot the rest of the day, a hotel off the beaten path, but near enough to the center of town to give them a base to work from. Vass had gone to bed as quickly as he could when he got into his room. Now, though, hours of sleep had done their trick and didn't want to stick around anymore. The dark light outside of his hotel bedroom window told him it was now nighttime. He shook off the last of sleep and headed for the door and with a grumbling stomach. A foot out the door, he came to a stop, as he could see Ori standing in the hallway nearby, guarding it, and the door, and she was looking towards him. Are you going somewhere? Food? Not running away, then, or thinking you can find this place on the map without us? Hadn't crossed my mind yet, still slightly sleepy. Ori knocked on the door that she was beside and waited a few beats. It then opened and out emerged, Mary, yawning and stretching. Your turn to watch him while he goes and finds food. I need to get some rest. They switched spots with Ori heading into the room and Mary occupying the hallway. Vast didn't wait about for them to do their little switch. I was walking up to them and was nearly upon them. Are you hungry, Mary? I could use some food, but we shouldn't go far away. Fine by me. The two began walking down the hallway as the door closed to the bedroom. To Vass, he felt light and ready to take something on. A thought that only sent his mind into worry mode, since bad things happened when he felt good. A little ways down the road from the hotel, they found a little stand still serving up something hot. 
A few other people were gathered around as the chilly night made those seeking warmth hurry from place to place. Vass and Mary got whatever was on a stick, with Mary ordering a few extras for Ori for when they returned. The two then went a little ways away from the cart to lean against the nearby building. What happened to you once we left? Vass sighed, but gave a quick rundown of the events, and in better detail this time. She nodded along, and as she finished her food and drew out the map, we have no idea what this is, then. Not really, no. I was hoping Ori, being a tracker, might be able to get something out of it. We did talk about it, um, some, but she doesn't know this town, or any town, where this might align with. It is a rough drawing of four blocks of buildings, which is not much to go on. Right, enough information to know that it is a big town or city, but not enough to show us where it might be. My brother was smart enough to know that I might find it. He wants me to find him and stop him, but he won't make things easy if he can help it at all. Why does he want you to find him? Uh, it's a, this is a guess, but uh, he wants to show me how wrong I was about the people. You'll have to explain a bit better than that. Vallis leaned as far back as he could against the wall, pushing his head back against it as well. It would be nice if he could tell someone about his past, but would they believe him? My brother and I were not born on this planet. A hundred and fifty years ago, we were on a spaceship that came here looking for a place for humanity to call home. Here, this planet, this desert-infested place? Uh, it had the right atmosphere and the temperature wasn't awful. Life could grow here as long as the seed pods were planted, but uh, we were a part of a crew as, as teenagers helping to find the place where humanity could stay. Why isn't any of this public knowledge? Why don't we know about this, this, this happening. Partially because my brother caused the ships to crash and burrow into the sand. He killed thousands and, uh, well, it was, uh, it wasn't pretty. And it killed a lot of the memory banks. And so those that survived wouldn't automatically remember what happened to them. And history doesn't tend to stick around when you can't really write about it. But some survived. More than a few ships made it safely down, though they crashed and destroyed things. Uh, people got out of the ships and began spreading out, mostly because the ships began to deteriorate and yeah, they couldn't survive on them. Uh, but the technology within them uh, it sometimes made its way out and uh, it kept things going here. A few of the seed pods landed and took, but most did not. And he did this all because he hates humans. With a shake of his head from side to side, Vass didn't exactly decide whether that was true or not. It felt true, and he knew that they, that this man, this brother of his, really did not like humans. But whether he hated them as much as he wanted to say yes, he couldn't. Yes, no, I think he hits the concept of humans, but also realizes he wants them around in some form. And he likes having control 
of things and that he can change and listen to his orders or something like that. And how does he change them? That I don't know. He can change people and give them powers, like Doc Cold, I'm guessing, and like the twins we came across. I know there's something off about me as well, and and him, since we, we've lived that 150 years long. She nodded and came away from the wall as they both began moving back towards the hotel. Vass was stuck in his own mind, trying to piece something together. The map was in Mary's pocket, and he could easily see it, so he grabbed it to look at it. She jumped in surprise, swirling around on him, hitting him in the face with an elbow. He flinched and took the blow, but kept the map and unfolded it. When she realized what was going on, she stopped herself from hitting him again. What are you doing? I, I, I had an idea that this place in the map might give me some answers. To what exactly? It doesn't have anything on it other than drawings. Why I'm like this. He stopped and stared at the map for a second and then threw his head back. Of course, that's where it should be. Uh, my damn brother would put it there where the first important thing on this planet happened between the two of us. And what, what was that? His first real attempt to kill me. It shouldn't be too far away if I remember correctly. It is out of town, so we, we should wait until the morning to go. She merely nodded as he hurried ahead towards the hotel. They went back to the hotel room, and since Ori was still asleep, they too rested once again, though Vass, having freshly slept, did little of that. Morning came, and he went back to the ladies' room, where Mary had already filled her compatriot in on what was going on. Ori was busy staring at the map when he came in, and both were seated on their beds, relaxing. Where do you think this is again? She asked this, looking up from the map and flapping it about a bit. Not far from here. Uh, outside of this town, and in a little area that I think is called the Cauldron, there is a town around there. And what do you expect to find there, your brother? No, I don't think I will find my brother there personally. I think that's going to be something. No idea what it is, though, yet, Mary. Ori glanced at Mary doubtfully, and from the looks that Vass could see, they didn't, it didn't look like she liked this idea. And we're just going to go there, no plan. Just go and find what's there. That's how we wound up here. We simply went where Fred told us to be, might be of help, and led us to a doll, and got him killed. He nodded. She was right that that plan had not led them anywhere, good or great. If they simply sat around, though, and did nothing, that wasn't going to be great either, and in his mind, it got him no closer to stopping his brother. You don't have to to come with me, Ori, if you don't want to. Uh, the way things are, it will be dangerous, and someone probably will attack me. It might be a doll, might be my brother, it might be another human that my brother has hired, I don't know. Before we do that, there is one more thing to know. Why did your brother try and kill you? Also, why there? Uh, yeah, that's complicated. Uh, my brother and I didn't agree on things, mostly humans. 
We wound up clashing with one another despite my efforts to keep peace between him and humans. I traveled with him for a while across this planet trying to help keep that balance between the two sources of discomfort. But uh, at one point though we did split apart and I found helping humans was more rewarding than trying to reason with him. I, I settled in the area of Cauldron until one day he showed up. Did he destroy the town? Yes, he did, Ori. And because I was there helping these people, he shot me ten times. Mara shot out of her seat, a astounded expression on her face. How did you survive that? Yeah, I, I can't say I know for sure, but uh, I, I seem to heal well from the wounds to my body. He undid his shirt to show his scarred chest and stomach where a variety of healed up wounds were. That is horrific, and this was your brother's work? Some of it? Most of it? Uh, trying to stop him from killing people? That's uh, what I get for trying to do this, Ori. And you're okay going back there? It seems like it would bring up a lot of bad memories. I, I have no choice in the matter. If I want to stop him, I gotta go. Shall we go see if I'm right or wrong? His effort was greeted by shrugs, so he returned that shrug, and a lot of them decided to head for the door. The roads out of the city were not kind and packed with other vehicles going this way, and that while well, ignoring the rules of the road. It took some time to get out of town and onto the main road, headed not far away. Even though it was fairly close, it took time to get there and the road, which had been paved, turned to dirt not far from town. The little city of Cauldron would come into view by the afternoon, with traffic lining up a bit and allowing them to get near it. Before going into the town proper, though, they did stop at one of the overlooks to the town that sat above the dried lake that the town was upon. It was mirage-like in the way the buildings shimmered and shined despite that must look like dirt. Vass and company stood at the edge of this rest-stop overlook, studying the town and the map on a nearby tack board. Ori was comparing the map they had with the one on the board. Any luck? There are a couple of similar-looking streets, but it's hard to tell. Okay, thanks, Ori. He gave one more glance to the town before moving to step back to the car. The attempt, though, was blocked by Mary's hand as she grabbed at his arm. I think you have an idea of what you will find there, so please tell us. I think he's researching how to make dolls and how to give weird abilities to humans there. It's just an idea, and it's a guess. It could be anything or nothing. Alright, you two, let's get going then. Ori had pulled them back to the car. Four places that looked similar to their little map came and went in quick order once they got into town. Those places were all sort of like the map, but the buildings all looked off and didn't quite feel right to Vast. The fifth spot that they came to looked familiar to him as they pulled off down the side of the road. Here he wandered towards the back of some buildings that he could see, trying to 
looked about the place to see for any familiar sights, and he could see some scorch marks that had been built upon and built over. I think we're getting closer. This part of the building was here a hundred years ago or so. That long ago? How can you tell? He pointed towards the marks on the buildings and he moved about the side road, looking further about the space. Mary and Ori both went to examine this spot he pointed out as he went away from them. His intent was to find this door that had a staircase down, as indicated by the map. Well, that's what it looked like on the map. But he wasn't entirely sure he trusted it. It might be going up, might be going down, might be going sideways. He just couldn't really tell. He'd wandered a bit, but he could still hear their conversation. This is all weird to me, and it doesn't sound right. What do you mean, Ori? You don't like Vass's story? The two stopped looking over the burn marks to see where Vass had gotten off to. No, I don't. The story... I was always told about this planet was that it was always our home and that the space gods blessed us with this planet and set us down here. You had a religious upbringing. A bit of one, yes. Why? Mary shook her head and shrugged. She wasn't a religious type, and she didn't really want to talk about religion. So she shook her head and went towards Vath, who had stopped in front of something and knelt down in front of it. What did you find? He looked over his shoulder and rose up. Uh, looks like something that would be paved over with a big flat stone. Ah, Mary. The two joined him and then, after a little discussion, found a spot where the stone might be able to be picked up from. The trio worked together and began pulling as best they could. It would take a couple heaves before it moved and they pulled it up to the point where it would reveal what was hidden under it. A small, steep step staircase was there, and so they pushed the rock out of the way and clattered and broke apart against the ground when they let it go. I think, ladies, we have found the hidden spot. It may have only been Doc Cold's spot, but information awaits us. He took narrow, tiny steps down and ducked down to get into the door. It didn't open at first, but with a few shoves, popped free. It was dark in here, and the only light came in from the door frame. The late afternoon was bright out there, but it still didn't transfer much of that brightness into here. Vast took a few steps inside, before he heard a clattering behind him, turned, quickly made his way back towards the spot near the door, and put out his arms as Mary spilled down the stairs and into him. Ow, ow, ow! He did his best to hold her up as she regained her footing. Once that was accomplished, Ori came down, much slower, and, and carefully, as, as all three began to search for a way to light the place. A scruffy search yielded some sort of switch that Ori, with some muscle, activated, and with it a soft hum began to fill the room. Then one by one, lights flickered on, to reveal a dusty, cloth-covered room with something in the center of this large space. This place looks like it was used to operate on people. Ori moved towards the center of the room where a cloth lay on top of something. To Vass's mind, it sounded right, what Ori had said. And when she began pulling off the canvas from the cloth, from the object, it revealed a metal bed with stirrups 
and a lot of ways to restrain a person to this metal bed. Yeah, alright, then that's exactly what this place appears to be. It's, I think, it's how people might have gotten some odd powers like Cold did, and it gives me the creeps. It also doesn't explain you, since you survived the terrible things before this was built, I assume. He nodded and looked over towards Marion, who was near the edge of the room and pulling out another canvas cloth covered item. Behind her were a bunch of poorly made looking wooden dolls, all of them crumpled over with arms, legs, heads, and torsos missing. One might be able to make a full doll, but it would be oddly misshapen out of them. And where they were experimenting with dolls, apparently. Definitely is a place my brother would have worked out of. Well, let's get on covering some more of these and see what else is hidden here. Ori headed off towards something in the corner. After saying that, he soon found himself headed towards an object as well. The cloth was soon in his hands, and he pulled it off and revealed some cabinets that would hold files. A flash of memory shot across from him from his last situation of dealing with such things in the capital, and he looked around. They had made a bit of noise to get in here, yet no one had come around to bother them. Not one to waste a chance at learning, though, he began opening the drawers of the four cabinets to reveal what they had inside. Come on, information, I need a little bit to understand all of this. Please. The first two were empty of anything, and that was disappointing to see. The third one was mostly empty, while the fourth had a few more files in it than the third one. His hand was shaking a bit from nervousness that spread throughout him as he finally might get some facts about himself and his brother. There was a chance that it wouldn't be the case, but he still hoped it would be so. The first file he opened was faded heavily, and the writing on it was hard to read. He put it aside, hoping that the next one would be better. This one, the words were legible, and he began to read. I, Rapier, with the help of a doctor from the Downship Constellation, am going to conduct a series of experiments. This is to see if I can replicate what the people aboard the ships did to me and my brother. He was talking out loud, which was enough to draw the attention of both of his friends. Then they both came walking over, slowly, worry etched on their faces. What are you reading? What happened? What is that? The voice of Ori was a welcome comfort, as at least he knew it was being honest. His brother and any accounts made by him could easily be filled with lies to suit his needs. The fiends aboard this ship were reportedly experimenting with me. They gave me a longer life, reportedly. They claimed this, and so I sought out the survivors to confirm that they did this to me. Dr. Horace and I set up a lab to see if we could repeat this process and use it to our advantage. Vass had to stop there as his mind tried to think if this had happened to him. There was no immediate memories of his time aboard the ship. Having to go see any doctors, no, it was mostly filled with learning about life and the ship. Did this happen to you? Hearing Mary this time, he snapped about, shaking loose of the thoughts and memories that held him to try and think about that ship. No, not that I recall. 
Uh, there is more to be read, though. Are you sure you want to read it? It may or may not be true, Mary. My brother is an accomplished liar. The best way to know if he is making it up is by reading onward, even if it is not that great to hear. It took him a second to find his spot on the page, and he started reading again. I found out that those aboard the ships, both in stasis and out of stasis, were at risk of dying out. Thus, some souls had taken up the jobs of experimenting on people to extend their lives, all so that this ship could live on. Humanity needed its chance to survive. Uh, I can understand not wanting to see something you love die out. Vass continued to read after nodding to Mary. It is not out of love that this project was started. No, it was to see what they could do while traveling through space, bored out of their minds. Silence filled the room as a lot of them stood there taking it in. Vass closed the file and closed his eyes to fight off the feeling of a headache coming on. His brain was fighting itself to know if this was all true or not. He tried his best to think back on that time. A flash of light brought him back to sitting in the cafeteria of the ship they'd been aboard. It was a clean place, not terribly busy, and very, very metal-looking. Everything was spick and span. Everything was so clean that if you dropped a piece of anything, the entire room would suddenly become an uproar of obnoxiousness of robots cleaning away. He was sitting at one of the tables with a pile of goop on a tray in front of him that the computer server had just dropped off to him. The only other company he had were two white lab coat people sitting not too far off. The tests are nearly complete. Are they? Well, I guess the doctor will be pleased. Can't say I like any of this. If it helps us, I guess it is alright. I don't know. You think so, Jules? Because to me this feels like a madman gone mad. Calm down. We've kept him in check so far, and he's only gotten one test subject. It can't hurt to experiment. The two workers were busy eating, and he kept trying not to stare at them. This was only a memory, so it shouldn't matter too much, but at the same time, though, he wondered if he was making this up himself to keep himself satisfied with what he saw. How long before he starts searching for another test subject, though? Not long at all with Arlock. We have to keep him limited, though. We have to do something, and it's just best to go along for now. They both idly glanced towards Vath, who looked down at the goop. The thought that they might be discussing him, of all people, crossed his mind. Was he the doctor? It didn't seem likely, since he didn't really know bones or muscles or the body. But he also recognized when the escape pod crashed, he had a hard time remembering a lot of things. Do you think he heard us? Maybe it shouldn't matter when we're telling the truth, if he remembers it. I doubt the doc is going to let whatever is in that guy's mind live for very long. What if he tells Rapier? It's not our problem. Besides, the doc doesn't listen to him. He never listens to anyone, or what that guy says, from what I've heard. It's all about continuing the experiment without any noise that gets in the way. And if it does, it merely gets wiped away. Vass found himself struggling to keep up with what was going on. 
who was the doctor. It didn't sound like it was him anymore, but it kind of sounded like Rapier might be. Still better to keep our talk to ourselves and not let anybody overhear it. Fine, we will stop talking. The door into the place zipped open, and in strolled Rapier, wearing his usual lab coat. He stopped just in the doorway, taking in the space, his eyes spotting the two workers, who both got up from the table and scurried away out of here past him. Rapier then made his way towards Vass. How are you today, Vass? Fine. Good, good. Listen, I need your help with an experiment. It's one that we're both going to do. Why? I need two test subjects, and no one else has been prepped for such an arduous thing to come down on them. It's a simple injection, but lots of stuff will happen. Like what? Immortal life on the right planet. He grabbed Vass and pulled him out of his seat and towards the door. Vass's eyes would open a second later to see both his friends in front of him, looking concerned that he wasn't moving. Vass? Sorry, a trip down memory lane, Mary. I'm trying to think about what I know and what I don't. I I don't know if I can trust what I remember. What did you go down memory lane to see? And why did it make you freeze up like that? He shrugged over his question and shrugged off the last of the fogginess that had set over him. Uh, I might not be brothers with the man I know as Rapier, maybe, potentially. Uh, in fact, I think he may have been the one who did this to me. But, but again, I, I don't know if, if I trust what I remember you know, or what has been said in this file. The sound of heavy footsteps coming from the stairs outside drew their attention. Long legs came into view, followed by a long, lanky, familiar-looking man with red-blonde hair. If it isn't vast and of idiots, well, I suppose, you would find this place at some point. You? Rapier strolled over towards them, stopping a few feet short. Mary and Aurea both pulled their pistols and aimed it towards the man. He did not appear to notice or care that they were there. It has been some time since we last have seen one another. It is good to see you, brother. You are not my brother, and you have been living a lie. Whatever do you mean? We are, of course, brothers. You wanted to kill civilization, and yet you were the doctor who was trying to make certain people live forever. Bit of an odd combination, don't you think? This is your brother, is it, Vass? He says he is. I don't know, though, since apparently he may have been a doctor who was conducting experiments on me in space. Rapier grinned and held his hand up for a second. The feeling of the air suddenly froze up in a stiffened nature. To Vass, it was like that one time he'd seen a man sucked out of a hatchway into space. The man had been coming from fixing things outside the ship and was stuck in the airlock. Rapier had said the man had done something bad, but Vass couldn't remember exactly what it was. The only thing that stuck with him was the sudden hiss of air and the look like everything was gone from the interior of the lock that would keep one safe, and the man inside, who was half out of his suit, 
was suddenly gone. It's sad, really. You keep making up memories about me and you. It was all your doing, Vass, not mine. What's he talking about, Vass? I don't know, Ori. All I have are the memories I have. I don't trust him. Come now, you remember a lot more than you're letting on to. Shall I help you? Rapier took a step forward, grabbing at Vass's face with his hand, trying to squash the palm of his hand into Vass's face. End of Part 9 of The Drawn Out Fight Thank you for listening.